0: This is a Hogs Sports Network podcast. You're listening to the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club podcast. Here's your host, Chip Sousa of the Hogs Sports Network.
1: This is Chip Sousa with the Hogs Sports Network from the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club luncheon today. Had a great program today. We are talking to Drake Lindsey, the Prep Rally Player of the Week, Fayetteville High School quarterback. Here's Drake Lindsey. All right, I'm talking with Drake Lindsey. Oh, so. He's our prep rally player of the week.
2: Six touchdown passes. I mean, yes, career high for you. Mm-hmm. Were you just kind of in the zone? Yeah. Uh, yes, sir, I was. Uh, we started the first quarter rough, so uh, just had to get back in our groove, uh, motivate the offense to keep going and uh, don't get down on these plays and just uh, start being us and just continue to uh, do what we do. You guys are averaging about 50 points a game. you got to feel good about where you are going into
1: a big game Friday night with Rob.
2: Yeah, a huge game. Uh, Last year didn't go our way against them, so we're uh, really ready to uh, play them this Friday. Uh, We're going to have a good game plan, got some new plays ready. uh, So it's going to be a good one. Now you you connected with with uh, with
1: Jason five you know five touchdown passes. You guys have been without though one of your top receivers and mm-hmm. in McKinnon. McKinney.
2: When, when do you think you might yeah. get him back? And you know how much more explosive are you guys going to be when you get him back? Yeah, uh, he's been practicing uh, trying to get the full speed. Uh, I mean, when he gets back, it's a whole nother level to our offense. Uh, he's really, really good player. Uh, and when the ball gets in his hands, he just has special thanks. you got to walk me through your recruitment, your commitment to Minnesota, mm-hmm. going to play for P.J. Fleck. Yes, sir. He's
1: a guy that's got a lot of passion about yeah. the ball.
2: Was that a big factor for you? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it was really like Colorado State before them, and then they called me a couple days after my visit uh, and offered me a scholarship. And then the next week, I didn't really know about him yet. The next week I got on the phone with Coach Fleck and, like, really, from the get-go of the FaceTime, I kind of knew that was a person I wanted to play for immediately. And just, like, the relationship I have with the offense coordinator, Greg Harbaugh, and all the assistant coaches, and then Coach Fleck, yeah, he was really a big deal in my commitment. Uh, I just have a lot of trust in him and how he's going to develop me as a human and just a football player. Do you anticipate you'll be an early enrollee, or are you going to... Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to be there in January. Good, good, good. Yes, right. sir. Well,
1: that is uh, Drake Lindsey, our Prep Rally Player of the Week. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, good sir. luck the rest of the way. Thank you. And the Shallow Christian Saints, they are the Prep Rally Program of the Week. I talked to Shallow Christian Coach Tucker Barnard. Here's what he had to say about the Saints football program. Talk with Coach Tucker Barnard, the uh, Program of the Week, Shallow Christian Football. How, how, how happy are you to be kind of back? I mean, I know Stillwater was home, but this was also home to you for a while. Yeah, we were here for seven years, and um, it was a... Uh... Really big time in my
0: life. I mean, I, I was uh, you know really just kind of coming into my own as a coach um, and lear- learning how to how to coach and um, how to how to interact with kids. I mean, you know, it's one thing to it's one thing to know a little bit about football and even to know a little bit about how to play, but learning how to communicate with kids and motivate kids and um, so I, you know, I really grew during that time. And um, um, like I mentioned, the just the church and the school and and um, again, I was an adult, but but the spiritual growth that, that I went through um, I spent four years at Arkansas Baptist uh, High School in Little Rock, and then and then seven years here at, at uh, Shiloh Christian, and uh, I just, you know, I just really felt like the Lord worked on me um, in, in, in that time, and uh, so just grateful for that time, and um, we loved Northwest Arkansas when yeah. we were here. You know, yeah. I'm an Oklahoma guy, my wife is too, but uh, this is an incredible part of the country, um, and uh, so when we had the chance to come back and, and get, you know, in all of this wrapped
1: up again in, in, in that all environment. Uh, we were excited to do it how much of it was a factor that you can you could pretty much kind of have your imprint in your hand on everything from you know seventh grade even even younger than that if that's what you want to be involved in how much of a factor was that for you
0: yeah it's definitely a factor i mean that's something that we tried to do um at stillwater you know, i was the i was the president of the youth football league in in stillwater um, obviously we had, now we, being a bigger school, we had a 7th grade football staff, and an 8th grade football staff, and a ninth grade football staff, and a high school football staff um, and here at Shiloh, my high school coaches coach 7th grade, 8th wow. grade, ninth grade, right? Wow. And um, so we, we do have a, a, a lot greater imprint. I mean, it, you have to get into youth football before you're away from our core group of coaches and um, so that's a double-edged sword. I mean, our, our, our coaches are are tired they work a lot you know and they coach a lot and it takes a lot of energy to do it the, the way that we do it um, but there's a, there's a big impact there and um, that, that absolutely plays a role and I, I told people when I was here the last time that um, the, the advantage that that is to be able to coach all of those kids from grade seven through 12 um, I noticed that as a defensive coordinator here that by the time those kids got to be juniors, yeah they knew about everything I knew. I, you know, I kind of had tapped out of information that I even had and um, uh, I hope I'm a little better now and have more to offer, but uh, but it, it's a great advantage.
1: Got a brand new indoor facility over there that has to be nice for you guys, you know, expanded weight room and yeah. all that too. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh,
0: New weight room, um, obviously locker room, and and, uh, team room for for video uh, meetings, and and new coaches' offices, new training room. I mean, uh, there's a new uh, wrestling room um, upstairs. um, it's a it's a beautiful facility um it's got everything that that we could ever want or need um as a, as a high school football program we we have uh we have a nutrition bar where we you know are, are feeding our kids and we've got them you know protein drinks and and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and turkey sandwiches and things like that you yeah. know so um really you know we will we'll never be able to do things the way a division one college does but but to kind of mimic some of those yeah. things and, and do them, yeah, yeah, doing them on a little bit different level, um,
1: I, I think is something that we'll see an impact from. Coach, congratulations, and good luck to you guys for the rest of the way. That's Tucker Barnard, the head football coach at Shiloh Christian. Coach, three and one. <laughs> yes, sir. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you. Brooke Matthews, former Lady Razorback golfer, now currently on the LPGA Tour. She was our guest speaker today, and here is Brooke
3: Matthews. So l- let me ask you this. Uh, just – you told me you grew up playing Pinnacle. It's where you learned to play golf. Not a lot of people get to go play on the LPGA, number one. Number two, they don't get to play an LPGA event on their home course. That's got to be a pretty cool feeling.
4: Yeah, it is a pretty special feeling. Um, Pinnacle is definitely has a big, a big chunk of my heart. Um, learned how to play golf out there when I was 9, 10, 11 years old. My dad would always take me out there after school, and we would play nine holes, and um, yeah, just so many memories out there, and it's just really cool that I get to continue making those memories, um, playing in this LPGA event. I think this LPGA event is one of the big reasons I even really got interested in golf. Seeing all the girls out there was really inspiring to me when I was young. So, yeah, couldn't be more happy, feel really lucky. Like you said, not very many people get to play LPGA event at their home course, so... Um, just taking in the experience, you know, every year has been a little bit different. Um, my first two years I got to play um, as an Arkansas Razorback, and, and these last two have been as professional. So, um, yeah, just a little different every year, but, man, every time you come back it's just like breath of fresh air.
3: Hey, before we go too far, uh, your mom is here. Why don't you introduce?
4: <laughs> Hi, that's my mom, Gwen Matthews. Stand up, Mom. <laughs> Yeah, we don't get here without a support system, so I I have one of the best ones, so I'm lucky.
3: Tell me about the week in the life of an LPGA golfer, and I would assume a lot of nights away from home, it's got to be a pretty cool feeling to be able to come back and, and, and be around your family on a week like this.
4: Yeah, for sure. Um I guess just talking a little bit about the transition from college golf to professional golf. First of all, you play a lot more golf. I'm pretty much playing on the road over 20 weeks out of the year. Um, In college, I think we had 10 tournaments on our schedule, so you're pretty much doubling it right off the bat. Um, Obviously, in college, you have your teammates to travel with on the pro circuit. like You make some friends out there, but you really are on your own, and it's kind of down to you at the end of the day, so... Being able to come home is like everything. If you have a couple days and like it's worth taking that flight back home and just getting to spend some time with your family, kind of relax, like there's a lot of times I play four or five weeks in a row. Like this is my second week in a row, I'm playing the next two, so um, managing your energy I think is one of the most important things and being here, like I know I'm playing this week, and I have a lot going on, but I still feel like I'm able to kind of relax, so it's really nice.
3: Do you like the familiarity of a course that you know like Pinnacle? Or do you like the challenge of a course that you've never played before?
4: Definitely like the familiarity. Um, sometimes it's nice going to a new course, but man, I go to a new course pretty much every single week. So whenever I have the chance to come home, it's like it's like a football game. You always wanna play at home, you know? It's, it's a home field advantage, it's a real thing. You got the crowds, you got the, um, the hometown support, you get to do things like this. Um, yeah, you can't beat it.
3: You mentioned going to the Northwest Arkansas Championship growing up. You did not start playing golf until later, in in later than, than probably a lot of the people you're playing against now. How much influence did that tournament have on you picking up the clubs, picking up this game?
4: For sure, a lot. Um, our first year, we actually hosted two golfers, Vicki Getz Ackerman and Wendy Ward. and immediately I just thought they were like the coolest. Yeah, I think I was eight or nine years old when they started coming, was still in gymnastics and everything. And so, you know, getting to meet them and not just watch, but actually getting to meet some of the players out there, it was really inspiring. And I always knew I wanted to do sports professionally when I was young. Did I think it was going to be golf? No, but I'm happy that it ended up being that. So I just feel so lucky to have had that as a young kid, and I really don't know if I would be here where I am right now without having that.
3: I read, is this right, that you began golf at the age of 12, mm-hmm. uh, that you were a competitive gymnast, you played competitive softball. Are you able to take anything out of those two sports and in, in what you do now?
4: Uh, yeah, definitely. It was funny um, when I, I was a competitive gymnast when I was younger, which that's... That's a tough world out there. I don't know if anybody's um, experienced with that, but that's one of the toughest ones, if not the toughest. So, um, And then I started playing softball. Not super serious. It was just so much fun. And it was funny, actually, when I started playing golf, I was still playing softball. My dad made me start batting left-handed so it wouldn't mess up my golf swing. Um, so probably should still do that, you know, because golf is really one-sided sport. But... Yeah, just I feel like any time you're in that competitive atmosphere, it helps you no matter where you are, and and especially going into high school and college golf, having that team aspect is, it's the best, and it's something I, I miss all the time. Um, even though you build your own team, you really just miss having those teammates and com- camaraderie. And um, but yeah, I feel like any any time you have any kind of competitive and sports, like they all kind of overlap in a lot of ways.
3: All right. Now, you said your mom only got part of the story, right? She was telling us a story. You're young, very early to golf. You lose a junior event to your neighbor, and that this motivates you to get better.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, My mom was talking about I played in the club championship at Pinnacle when I was really young. But really what kind of, I guess, lit my fire in golf was – we had these uh, Junior PGA events all around Northwest Arkansas. We'd go to Springdale, Lost Springs, Paradise, everywhere, basically, around Northwest Arkansas. And I was getting my butt kicked weekly at these events. And I did not like that, you know, especially playing from other sports. And so that was a really motivating thing for me. Um, even It was the smallest tournaments you could have had, but it it. Really got me started, and you know, it kind of lit that fire under me, and I made me realize that was actually what I wanted to do. Um, And then, kind of there, I got the goal of my goal. At first, was I want to play for the Hogs? I want to play at the University of Arkansas. Do whatever I can do to just get there. And and so, yeah, yeah.
3: What kind of opportunities did you have college-wise? Because. Um, I don't remember when you committed to the U of A, but I know that I kept hearing your name a lot in high school. I think you won a couple of state championships. You were committed by your senior year. Uh, Tell us about that, maybe recruitment, and and how you ended up with with Shauna.
4: Yeah, my recruiting story isn't really like anybody else's. I really didn't visit or look at any other places, um, and that was kind of my own fault. Um, We were getting letters and stuff from everywhere else, but I wanted Arkansas so bad. And I just got so lucky that I had Sean and Mike as my coaches there in the facilities and everything. Um, but, you know, when you grow up a hog fan, it's it's tough. And, and obviously, that was my goal. So I was really lucky that everything fell into place and that I didn't end up having to look anywhere else. I think I committed after, right the summer after my sophomore year of high school, which sounds crazy to me right now, but it, that's just the way it is. And, you know, it just keeps getting younger.
3: In baseball, you get players who commit at 14. Jason, how old were you when you committed to play baseball at the U of A? Yeah, I mean, so they've got some guardrails, I think, in place now where they're not getting commitments as early, but that's the way it happens. Um, At the U of A, I want to talk about something Chip said. You set the NCAA record for a 54-hole course, and not only did you set it, you beat it by six strokes. So, I mean, that's... That's an obliteration of a record. Tell us about that weekend and how you felt. How, how did you break that record, and, and did you know at the time that, that you might be doing something special?
4: Yeah, so that was um, – that was. Um, obviously it was an amazing week. I mean, what am I going to say? But it was in Charleston, South Carolina. It was, like you said, 2021, and it was actually at the same course that I had played my very first college event in – whatever it was, 2018, 2019. And so I already had good memories going into it. I knew I liked the course. The food at the course is amazing that week, which always helps. Um, But yeah, just one of those stories of getting in the zone. It was uh, one of those tournaments where we played 36 holes the first day and then 18 the second day. And so luckily I caught fire on that 36 hole day and was 17 or 18 under after the first day and my team got in and was like, like, is her score right? I'm like, yeah, I don't really know what happened there. <laughs> I shot my best; It was my best round ever, which was nine under the first round. And then I shot eight under the second round, which was my second best round ever. And then going into the last day, I, I was like, well, I don't know. We'll-, we'll see if this was a fluke or not. And I ended up shooting eight under the last day. But the cool part about that story was um, we, as a team, actually won the tournament by one shot. So if I would have shot twenty four under that week. we would have tied with Baylor, which would is always nice beating Baylor. Um, but, but yeah, it was it was really cool. And I knew coming down the stretch, I was probably gonna win. And I was looking at the scoreboard with my coach on one hole, and I, she was like,, you know, like you're probably gonna win, but you know we need it for the team and and coming down the very last hole, she was like, okay, Brooke, like, you got to make a birdie here. We, we're gonna have a chance to win. I'm like, seriously? But I luckily I ended up getting it done. And, and you know, winning individually is is really cool and it's really special. But winning as a team, like, there's nothing like it. You know, those those bus rides after you know traveling back. It's just for the morale. It's it's way more fun winning with people than winning by yourself.
3: Uh, for before the LPGA event last year, we had Maria Fosse here. Tell me about her influence on you and and being on the tour with her now.
4: Yeah, Maria's awesome. I was lucky enough to get to play with her for two years when we were in college. And, man, everyone talks about how good of a golfer she is. Obviously she is. But I always tell people she's an even better person. She was an incredible teammate to me, a leader. Um, She was someone I really looked up to whenever she left the team. I kind of had to step in as the leader. And if I wouldn't have had her as an influence, it – I don't know, could have gone differently, but yeah, I'm somebody I still talk to. She still lives in Fayetteville and practices out at Blessings, so whenever I'm out there, I always see her and talk to her, and yeah, it's just been a good friendship that I've made over the years.
3: And you talked about the thrill of winning as a team, but when she won that individual championship, that, that was a really neat setting, especially being here in Fayetteville, and you were there, I mean, just just what did that mean for you all the day that happened?
4: Yeah, that was incredible. We were obviously stoked that we were hosting nationals and that we were able to play. And then I remember, like, I don't know if anyone's ever played Blessings. It's a really, really tough golf course. But during that year during the national championship, it played tougher than really any golf course I've ever played. Um, so that final round, the wind was blowing. It was firm and fast. And Maria shot, I think, six under. I think I shot, like, I don't know, something way over. And I remember coming in, and I'm like, there's no way she just played the same course that everybody else did. And her being able to win there, like, I know she probably stayed in college that extra year because she had all the accolades to go pro early, like, no problem. And I know she stayed there because she wanted to win that national championship. And just seeing her get it done and, and being a part of it and getting to celebrate with her, like, gosh, it gives me chills still. It's awesome.
3: Now, a lot of people think you might have won a national championship had had you stayed for your last year. That was a, a, a tough decision for you. Tell us about that.
4: Yeah, it was a tough decision. I would have had some pretty tough competition with Rose Zing there. But, um, yeah, my college career was awesome. Uh, I was put in a little bit of a tough spot, but – in Q school, I so I t- went four years at Arkansas, and then I w- took a half year of my COVID year. So I was there four and a half years. So I had graduated and everything, and made it through Q school. Got my LPGA tour card, and it was a tough decision because, like, I love college golf. I-, I loved my team, loved my coaches, literally everything about it. But you know, it's really a disadvantage to start halfway through the year, you know, playing on the LPGA tour. So I took the decision, um, whether it was the right decision or not. Who knows? But but it's the one I made and, and it was good. And I'm, I'm happy that I was able to gain all that experience. And it's for the national champion. Who knows? Like there's so many good players. You, you just never know. But yeah, it was I'm happy with my college career.
3: And You've, you've talked about Maria, but you've also got Stacy Lewis on the tour. I, I have a feeling she's a pretty big mentor for you. Uh, or, or important to mentor, and you've got Gabby Lopez on the tour. Just, just tell me about being around them, and, and maybe how they've helped you uh, learn the the ways of being on the LPGA.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, Stacy, I remember I played with her in my very first practice round at LPGA, and she. was I remember she just told me she's like, "Hey, like you're in your spot, you belong here." Like. And I thought that was really cool. Um, Yeah, Stacy's awesome, and so is Gabby. I actually am really, really good friends with Gabby. We um, share an apartment together in Florida, us and a a couple other people. So she's somebody that I've gotten close to. And, yeah, I mean, Shauna recruits them good. So uh, pretty much everybody who's played for Arkansas, like, there's somebody that I'm going to get along with and, and enjoy spending time with.
3: So the LPGA event here at Pinnacle, it's bounced around different weekends every year, I I think maybe when it started it was this time of year, then it was around the 4th of July for quite a while or, or late June, now it's back into the fall, you know the course real well, how does it play different this time of year versus maybe at the height of summer?
4: Well, the height is summer, you're basically just trying not to pass out. So the weather is definitely nicer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they always have Pinnacle in good shape. I know they've had some winter kill this year, just like every course in northwest Arkansas has. So they've been battling that. But, I mean, the grounds crew there, they're awesome. I know they're going to get the course in good shape. It's going to dry out during the, this week. Um, but, yeah, it, it plays it plays great plays great, what can I say, like Pinnacle, it's, you know, one of the top courses in Northwest Arkansas, so all the girls love it on tour, um, and all they'll have it in good shape.
3: So the 17th hole is something people talk about at, at this event, and if you haven't been, I think you can tell better than I can, but they've, they've got hog calls for all of you who come down, and it, it's almost like that uh, hole at the uh, the early year event in Phoenix, where it just it gets real rowdy on the PGA Tour. Tell us about being on the 17, and is it something that other golfers that you've talked to who do not have the ties to this area, is, is something they enjoy?
4: I think it's something everybody enjoys. Um, the atmosphere is just so fun. Like The crowd roots for everybody. Obviously, the Razorbacks, we get to do the hog call, which is awesome, but the crowd is rooting for everybody. They want to see good shots. They want to see good birdies. Um, They have stuff for us to throw into the stands that week. Last year, I threw it a little too hard and nailed a lady with the towel, so trying to go a little softer this year Uh, but no it's just so much fun and the LPGA in my opinion we don't get as many crowds as we should during the year and this is one of our best events for for spectators to show up and and we love it the girls love it I mean they work really hard they want to show what they can do they play really well and so it's yeah it's we would have it every week if we could
3: for for people who haven't been and I see that there's some some tickets out here to, to go to it. What what would you tell people? Like what would your sales pitch be to people to go to this?
4: You're just gonna have a good time, especially if you hang out around 17. Like if you've never been before, just show up. You'll get like a free PG like swag bag, like with a bunch of goodies in it. So if nothing else, like go get the bag. Um, but yeah, it's just fun, it's a good environment. Um, you'll see some really good golf players from all over the world. It's just a world-class event. Uh, you don't have to go walk 18 holes. I know that, that that's tough as a spectator. Trust me, I've done it. Um, but yeah, just it's it's fun, and you know it's the best in the world. They're the best of the best, and the fact that we get to have it in our backyard is really special, and not very many places can say that. So you might as well take advantage of it.
3: You played Augusta, is that right? T- tell us about playing Augusta.
4: Augusta is awesome. <laughs> The end no um i played <laughs> i played the um augusta national Women's amateur there in 2021 i think it was 2021 or 20 yeah i think it was 2021 yes um that event is unbelievable um the fact that they put that event there and so the woman can have a chance to play augusta too and also in their own format It's it's incredible. I've never been more nervous hitting a tee shot there, definitely than that first hole there. But just it was just an out of body experience, really, just walking up the fairways. Especially me, I'm a golf nerd. I'm like, oh, Tiger was here and he hit this shot there, and then like Bubba was the one he hooked it around the tree here. It was. It's just I don't know if there's a more historical place. Um, especially in the United States when it comes to golf. And the Masters is the Masters. You know, even if you don't follow golf, you know what the Masters is. So, yeah, I'm just really lucky to, that I was able to – I think I played in the second one ever, so I was lucky I was young enough to catch that. And, and yeah, the memories all cherish forever.
3: So Augusta probably kind of stands alone. As a, as a memory, this is your home course up here. What are the other courses you enjoy?
4: Um, yeah, obviously pinnacle is one of them. Blessings. I have a lot of good memories there. Um, you know, it's our home course for for Arkansas. We won twice there whenever we had our home event. I mean, man, we play so many good ones. We play one in Minnesota that they post the Hanuk- Hanukkah ad. I got to play Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open this year. It was my first U.S. Open. I mean, that one's ride up there. It, we go to some amazing places. I went to Wales for the Curtis Cup and we got to play true links golf. It was my first time doing that. Um, yeah, we get, I mean, you get to go to some pretty spectacular places and we're pretty spoiled. We're pretty spoiled, I gotta say that.
3: This will be my last one for you and we'll, and we'll get out of here. To pick up the club, so you're 12 years old, but, but again, relative to others, it, it's a little bit later. I mean, you haven't been playing golf for just too awful long. I mean, do you ever kind of step back and, and look at, wow, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in a short amount of time for someone who came into this at my age?
4: It really is. It's insane to say, but starting golf when you're 12 actually is late, which, I mean, most girls out here, you know, start before they can even walk. But, yeah, reflecting back on my career just to this point, like, Golf is such a roller coaster, just like all sports are. It's so many ups, so many downs. You learn so much about yourself, um, so much just about like life through golf and and. I feel like it kind of makes you grow up a little faster um, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I just look back and I'm just grateful, grateful for all my ups and downs that have brought me to where I am today. And it also makes me excited for the future. I know that I can still get a lot better and, and add some more accolades to my career and still do some more really cool things. So, um, yeah, looking back, it's awesome. But looking forward, it's it's motivating. And it, and it makes me excited for the opportunities that I can have.
3: Well, Burke, we appreciate you coming. And would you give her a hand? All right. Thank you.
1: At next week's luncheon, we'll have former Arkansas football coach Houston Nutt. He will be the guest speaker, which should be a rousing time. If you've ever been in a room with Houston Nutt, he's about as engaging as they get. He will be our guest speaker next week. That will be for October the 4th. So you want to get here early and get a seat for that one. This is Chip Souza for the Hog Sports Network. Thanks for listening to this Hogs Sports Luncheon podcast.
0: The proceeding has been a production of the Hogs Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to
1: wholehogsports.com or follow the Hogs Sports Network reporters on social media.